All right. <laughs> Welcome to an episode of Stream of Thought After Dark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> episode, <laughs> episode number 68. And we begin by, uh, Victor, you've got, you've got a little bit of... Uh, Workout, talk about running, workout exercise. It's it's a solid conversation that goes sort of back and forth. And yeah. what what is the quality versus the quantity of a workout? Yes. And what you know, just how much better life is if you actually are able to to get out there and, and do it. You know, right? Um, I can't remember what we transitioned to right after that. <laughs> <laughs> we we end up going into uh, talking a little bit about I can't remember either i don't recall any anything in between running and talking about facts oh yeah signs and traffic stop signs and traffic uh spirit of the law versus the letter of the law that's really a major theme right there yes that's right spirit of the law versus the letter of the law right are you are you the kind of person when you roll up to a stop sign you look around and there's no traffic. You just uh, roll, roll, on, roll through? on through, or do you stop and do, do your do you due diligence to, to society and the law every single time? Which one do I do? Take a guess. On this episode of Shima Thought number sixty-eight, we hope you enjoy. <laughs> so I went running the other day for the first time in a while. And it felt pretty good. So I do, I went to export and I ran on the treadmill. I like doing the treadmill when it's really shitty outside. And do you normally run outside? Yes, absolutely. Like, not that's when it's your shitty perform- weather perform- outside like it, it has been for the last three months. What, but will, will, what's your temperature threshold of what you'll run outside versus run, choose to go to the gym? Well, here's the thing. Like when it's warm 32? outside also... Oh, you mean when it gets cold? Yeah. Well, or, or I mean, obviously, like, rain, you're if, not going to run outside. I mean, I'll like run outside if it's, like... Snow. It depends. Or, like, like 35 and sunny is way different than 35 and cloudy. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because 35 feels like 45 sometimes. So I'll run if it's cold, but I... And if sidewalks are cleared... Like, I could have ran outside the other day. Yeah. I could have, but I just didn't. Because I wanted to use the sauna also. So oh, that's why. the sauna. Yeah, so. Um, I feel like that is an underused utility. In oh, any dude, it's gym. great. So I, this is exactly what I did on Tuesday. I hopped on the treadmill. Seven and a half mile per hour pace. Two degree incline. You did seven and a half minute mile and an incline. You had, you had I always add a minimum of two degrees. Wow. I always add there a minimum of be, two degrees. There has got to be something, a disparity between, because for example, like my best mile doing three and a half miles is maybe seven minutes and 45 seconds outside, like Clumber Western Run. So I feel like treadmill pace. Tre- yeah. My, my pace over the course of three and a half miles is about seven minutes. You do minutes like seven seconds. minutes, one Mile and like nine it minutes varies. another mile. Yeah, yeah. No, it really does vary. And I mean, I maybe that's why I feel like I feel like treadmills don't give you an accurate assessment of how far you've actually run. I disagree. I feel like they misjudge. I think they give you a perfectly legitimate in a in a in a stable condition. So like in an unchanging environment, which Here's is what so I've noticed. Here's unreasonable what's weird. and impractical. 
here's for training purposes. Here's what's weird about the treadmill is that I caught my this happened with me today when I was running on the treadmill. Um, when I'm not looking at it, I'm running at the the treadmill is going at the same pace the whole time, Correct. right? Yes. And I've noticed, and then I'll be all of a sudden be like, "What the hell?" And I'll realize I will have started running faster than the pace, and my my stomach will hit the bar that's in front, and I'll be like, "Oh shit!" Because I'm not looking at the TV, I'm not looking at the analytics. I've, I'm looking like straight ahead at the wall or something like that. You know what I mean? So you are correct in that the treadmill does not give you accurate resistance no. that it would if you were running a trail or around a track or just running outdoors but the length the distance is accurate so, so yeah i think that you're right i think that that it actually does it it is an accurate re- recording of how fast you're actually going but in a perfectly stable environment yes. with no resistance with no like any sort of obstacles or factors that would impede your maximum ste- speed or ability to like perform right right so it's like ideal conditions yeah but the thing is we never actually exert I mean, energy in a minute like in a, things like uh you can have there's settings where it will the incline will raise or lower the pace oh, totally will, you know what yeah I'm yeah yeah it tries to simulate yeah. like various real world conditions but nothing really replicates the an actual run outdoors right correct it's way easier so obviously, I, I, I guess it depends. I guess my point is like add in all the factors of running outside, and you're you're inevitably going to be adding more time to like if for example I run to Glenbird West High School around the lake and all the way back home, but like all those factors, including the hills, the wind, like all these different things, the the temperature outside are going to decrease my time optimization right as as compared to running indoors on a treadmill in a stable condition unless you happen to somehow reach that perfect equilibrium which the temperature outside cool cools off your body temperature just enough as opposed to but you have to you you even have to take into factors like uh traffic or cracks in the sidewalk yeah like all, going all downhill, these extra like, things dude, when i'm going downhill i I, I'm always making sure I don't break my face on the concrete when I'm going down by Beaster. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Fuck. <laughs> See, and all that stuff is extra energy that you need to exert elsewhere to yes. other mental focuses. Whereas when you're running, you said you just go into a zone. And, like, you realize yeah. suddenly you're running faster. Like, you blanked out. Like when your, I run around Glenbard West, when I'm going around the, uh, different areas, when I'm going uphill, there isn't a spot where... When I'm going uphill, like, I don't try to be a superhero. Like, I take, like, I take smaller baby steps. I'm not putting any, when I get to the top of the hill, I'm going to have the same amount of energy as when I began to ascend that hill. You know what I'm saying? I'm not putting any extra energy into going up. Yeah. And I take bigger strides, but sometimes it sucks because you don't want to fall on your face and so you're knee takes a beating for a little bit when you're going down but yeah you need to think about where you're exerting your energy as opposed to just being in the zone for me it's all about the jams it's all about what type of music i'm listening to at that moment like i will especially when i'm going up the final hill towards uh towards billy's house towards main Mm -hmm. street glen ellen up the the that main yeah street right up the massive hill yeah i think going up linden to main street yes yeah to main street and then taking a right 
Yeah, it's a wicked hill to longboard down. It it is. Oh, my goodness. That is the final threshold. It's like the last obstacle in my path before I can actually be like, okay, I can sort of be at an equal pace. But, dude, not like there, there is something about running outside that just makes me feel like I can push myself so much further. And I think it's the fact that I'm able to control the pace, right? And so if for if I'm able to just... Well, I have mental checkpoints, too. Focus. You know, music is so important. I don't yes. listen to music normally. Like, you normally listen to music. Yes. Whereas me, it's reserved for running. Um, well, when I run around Glenbow West, like, I have mental checkpoints. Like, from my house to one area is one point two miles from this back around like so i know kind of what's going on but what i like about the treadmill is that i'll run and i'll keep running until especially with music because when i saw today how long i was running for i was like wow like i didn't let my mind create this um create a fake obstacle that I thought I couldn't overcome. Because, you know, like, if you look down, it's like, oh, I have five more minutes left, but these five minutes are going to be so hard. And then I looked down, I was like, holy shit, I ran so far, and I ran way longer than I thought. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know if it was, maybe I was more hydrated, maybe it helped that I did some running on Tuesday, Um, maybe it was the fact that I just had, like, awesome music going on, which is probably what it was. I'm guessing that's what it was. But I ran on Tuesday... For the first time in a while, because again, it's been shitty weather out, and I just haven't been running on the treadmill. I ran, I think it was under just under six miles in about 45 minutes, and then at a seven and a half mile per hour pace. And then today, same pace, same two degree incline, and it was seven and a quarter miles. And I think it was 50. Two or 53 minutes because I actually stayed on the treadmill walking for five minutes. And I remember I got off when it said 58 and I debated on staying on so I could be on for a whole hour. I was like, fuck it. I've already been walking for five minutes, so I'm done. Dude, you lost me like five minutes ago. There's so much math there. I, <laughs> you're giving me oh all gosh. the numbers. I'm going to I'm gonna have to re-listen to that to calculate everything That's that you right. just articulated. <clears throat> but, Seven and a quarter miles in less than 55 minutes. 53 minutes. That's all you need to know. And banger music. And then I did the sauna for 15. Oh, man. Such a healthy lifestyle. I, I was like. stretching. There's this thing at my gym, like this giant weird bar thing that helps you stretch. Yeah. Like it's like this like half cage so you can grab onto things to put your legs on it to help you stretch. So like it was great because I could stand up and I could like put my my leg up on this bar and really get whatever this muscle is right here. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the, or some shit like yeah, that. yeah. Oh, man, because I always have a difficult time putting the ankle on my knee and pulling on my shin because my shin is sweaty. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So it helps me able to stretch that out. You obviously Dude, take I have zero flexibility in my legs, though. Great pride in your physical capabilities. Like, why? I could do better. Like, why? Like, why is it so important to you? I, I'm just, I'm not saying it judgmentally. You know what I always, I'm not saying you know it what I always pride aggressively. myself? I'm when I was in elementary school and they'd make us run around the um, field, you know? Yeah. And we they'd give us a dot for every lap. 
dude, I was just like, no matter what, I never stopped. I never fucking stopped. Really? Just always keep going. Yeah, me and I know, I think like Brandon Gepka also would always just keep going. And uh, in middle school, we'd run the mile, the dreaded mile. Yeah. If you're sick, the day you come back, you're doing the mile. No one, <laughs> yeah. no one escapes. Everyone had to get their mile. No mile. one escapes the mile. And I always yeah. tried to, and every time we ran the mile in, in uh, middle school, I always <laughs> did better than the time before. Oh my goodness! It's mostly just—it's mostly just like running with running. It's like I gotta do better. I gotta do better. I gotta do better. Like what? I mean, your motivation. I'm just trying to understand what it is that drives you to like actually. I'm no Olympian. Keep it up, because I mean, you know, you're never. Yeah, exactly. You know, you're never gonna be the best. So it's like, why? You wanna know what it is, dude? Like, what gives you that extra boost of, Dude, like, it feels so... It is that runner's high. It does feel so good to have that feeling that it feels like your body has been cleansed when you run for that long or when you run for that intensity if you're not running for 45 minutes, if you're running for six minutes, you know what I'm saying? A mile or something like that. Yeah. That intensity of just, like, breathing in through your nose, out through your mouth, just like getting all this fresh air in your lungs, your blood is going, you know, it's just, it feels great. There's something that always echoes cardio, in my cardio. mind that I feel like more people can't, could take advantage of. And that is uh, that your, your body can handle, I forget the percentage, but your body can handle so much more pain than your mind can. Like your mind yeah. Feels pain and it's like, ow, stop. That yeah. hurts. Whereas your body is saying, I can take a lot more. Like this is, you know, not mm-hmm. not the threshold, not maximum threshold, right? You kn- I know so, that so it's overcoming that mental that mental barrier, right? Yeah. The animalistic side almost. I know that I'm I have especially like in high school and track when that I have reached maximum my maximum potential when my heart feels like it's about to explode and there's no reason for it to actually explode because I'm a healthy person. I'm not like 50. You know what I'm saying? Like, have you read that happen when you're running and you feel like your heart is just going fucking crazy? Like, like you can't keep it up for that much longer. You might have a heart attack (laughs) once or twice. Yeah. I mean, that's not, it's not a very common thing. Does that happen? Does that happen a lot to you? I feel like that could be a no. It doesn't happen a lot. It's happened a few times where I'm just like I keep going because I got to hit my my. But a lot of the time too, that's happened when I'm out of shape. You know what though? Like I've gotten to that age now where I'm going to listen to my body. Like I'm wise enough to like look at people around me who tried to do too much and tried to be that superhero and don't die trying to be a superhero and like shit man i am not willing to risk long-term damage to my body to prove a point to like even myself it's not worth it so like if i'm running like today for example i've been i've been doing three and a half miles in under 28 minutes which has been about a seven 45 750 minute a mile it shoots weeks Right. And so trust me, as somebody who is a smoker and also doesn't run every single day, but runs three times a week, you can do the three fa- miles the, in 21 minutes. The, I think you can do three miles in tw- not three and a half, three miles in 21 minutes. The Try fact that. that I'm able to do what I'm able to do right now sort of defies explanation, right? 745 going up and down hills 
in the condition that I'm in. And so my motivation comes from sort of without myself, right? It's mm-hmm. like once I set my sort of mental state aside in one way or another, right? Does that make any sense? Yes. I'm able to push my body that much further. And I feel like that's an efficient way to get the best bang for your buck if you're going to work out, right? You don't need to work out every single day. You can work out four days out of a week and still get what you need to get done, right? And be in the best possible physical shape. But you need to maximize your energy spent in that period of time that you're at the yes. gym. So, like, you if also you're at the gym, need you're not, to eat right and sleep. Time. Yes. Yes. And less caffeine as well. Oh, you're not hanging out at the gym talking to Talking yeah, with people, yeah, you know. You know, chilling. I don't mind talking to someone for like 10 seconds, but when it becomes, when it throws off my focus. When it becomes like a, a, a conversation. Dude, there was this one guy at my gym, at my old gym before they moved locations. This guy would always just be like chatting it up with everybody. And like all of a sudden I'd find myself in a conversation with him who I can't walk away. One of those people that like, they just keep talking and talking. And it's like, you can't walk away. For twenty minutes, like fuck. Well, I think That's I'm gonna go a long time. I'm gonna go home now. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh so my I would say hi to him and like keep walking, or or I would try to only talk to him when I'm like done with my workout because it'd be ten to twenty. See, twenty minutes. Your pro- your problem is you're way too friendly. You're way too accommodating for other people's uh, social whatever. You're very accepting. Yeah, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying. It causes a lot of inconveniences for the time, people who are time relying on you. <laughs> time management. Oh, well, I mean, just being able to, like, politely disengage from people, right? Like, how many times have we had a conversation where you're telling a story about somebody who's just going on and on, ranting, <laughs> on and on, and you're just like, dude, I wish you would just shut the fuck up so I could go on my way. It's like, as opposed to being proactive and, and being like, okay, like, I can politely socially disengage from this person and just end it there, right? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you are, you are too nice, right? You don't know how to, you don't, you don't know how to control boundaries. Thank God you're not in the ministry, dude. You would get, I mean, you would get... I don't know. I think it depends. Yeah, you would get pretty overwhelmed. I think it depends on the person and I the scenario. Use very inappropriate language. <laughs> I don't know. What I would, I w- you would be very overwhelmed in being a role. A minister? It, yes, being a minister, I feel like would just be too much for you. Absolutely, I don't want to fucking do that. Absolutely not. You care too much for people. I don't want to deal with people. I don't want to hear all their problems but and you try will. and uh, once like like Dulce. Seriously. Yeah. We try to avoid the cleaning woman every time we enter the building. Like, how crazy is that? Because <laughs> you don't know how to politely disengage for more than, like, 30 seconds. It I always know. turns up to be a 20-minute conversation. I think for me... Because you just let her go on and on as opposed to saying, hey, okay. i got to do something okay. important. Okay, one time it took a while. I'm on a schedule. A couple People times. understand schedules. But the last couple times, it's been no more than five to seven minutes. Bullshit. Oh, really? Absolute Bullshit. I know uh, <laughs> the time before last, it was about 12 minutes because I was all over the place. <laughs> and I ended up coming back and you were still talking. Literally, I was in and out, in and out, in and out, and you were still talking to her. This was this was time before last. It so. depends. It depends. I can't just say – I just – I because if I disengage, I feel like I'm being an asshole and I can't be an asshole to a sweet – 
sweet little lady. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, okay, it's not about, like, not being an asshole. It's just about being po- politely but firmly saying what it is your goal okay. is, right? Okay, like, okay, you, you okay. Have, you have a goal. I got you. And, like, people understand that they're not the center of the universe, right? But people, like... People love attention and people love being engaged, right? So it's not its not like I want to hoard your time. They're not thinking like I want to hoard your time. But they're thinking, oh, like this is a person who I can really connect with. And they're not thinking about you and your schedule and all that. They're just thinking, wow, what a really great experience I'm having right now. <laughs> and you, yeah. like while you're enjoying it for, you know, what it is, the overriding concern of being like I got stuff to do is distracting you from actually being fully present and, like, having, like, a friendly conversation. I think it's, it's like the, you know, you want to, like, look at your watch as you're talking. Yeah. And so it's a matter of saying, because everyone understands that everyone has stuff to do at certain times and stuff like that. So to be like, hey, you know, like, yeah, this was great. Like, let's... The problem is you've already like dug yourself a shit <laughs> because you promised that you text you would text and no, call no, her no, daughter no 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 there's not some reason no I don't know that is why not you would no, make that no, promise no, no, no. all I right can, do you care to clarify your yeah so please. when we when we met her this is what happened she's saying like oh like daughter, you should right? you should daughter. you should text my daughter call my daughter because like who's working at a should, company you, that you work for no she's like working branch. like we're doing something that was like similar to something that I was trying to, she's like trying real hard for me to go like oh you should go work here I'm like no I don't want to because I'm like content where I am like I I don't have she time she wants you to work at an organization that you both work for in a branch around her that she works for at, no, she no. It she had mentioned that, but she now wants me to work with her daughter for doing the same type of work, but for a completely different organization. Company, okay. yeah. And I had because uh, every time she'd be like, "Did you text her? Did you check?" Her? I'm like, "No, no, no." I'm like, and I just texted her daughter just to do it, just so I can say yes, I did. And her daughter replied back like, "Oh, actually, like we're we're." like not looking for anyone or like I'm good like but thanks for reaching out like or something like that it's like fine I didn't want to do this anyway and then the last time that we saw her she was like oh yeah I t- mentioning it again and um, she was like oh you should contact my daughter I'll have her call you or I'll call or something like that and I, she never contacted me so why didn't why didn't you okay like why didn't you just respond like i called her and she said that they're not looking anymore. i told her that i told her that okay i told her that i don't know what you want me to do that's why do you think we were fucking driving around the damn building circling <laughs> trying to evolve yeah say, yeah that's so mean yeah no i think that if you had not gotten into the position, but it's funny that you mentioned this because like because now her daughter and texting her daughter like making those promises to a complete stranger is something that you should never do in the first place. Like once you dug yourself in that hole, I'm sorry. Like there's you have limited options. You're right because here's here's what I'm realizing is that I want to be I want to be nice. I want to be nice. No, I know. I know you but do. But looking it's it's funny because it's funny because I I will for sure be like give someone a hard no if I don't feel like doing something. It just depends on wh- who the individual is. Yes. Or what the circumstances yes. are. Because 
for sure, I'm just like, no, I don't fucking like, no, don't bring it up. Don't care. I've just completely removed myself from whatever it is that someone wants me to do or is asking me, asking of me, or if they want to do it, just have a conversation. I got something to do. But for some reason, with sweet old Dulce, I just the I just don't have that power, and I just get sucked in, and it's a problem. <laughs> My name is Victor Marquez. <laughs> My name is Victor Marquez, and I have problems with engaging people. <laughs> I love you so much right now. You have absolutely no idea how much joy has just filled my heart from just everything that transpired right there. That, that was just so incredible. I mean, you, the the level of self-awareness is just, I mean, see, you, like. That is, that is. It's so, it's so interesting. Like, I will say this. And I will not, I will not harp on any of your deficiencies anymore because so often. People will be asked, like, what are your deficiencies? Like, what honestly do you find? Like, do you agree with a criticism that someone levels at you? And most times we will be like, fuck no, like, <laughs> no, I'm not like that at all. But for you to actually literally just stop and be like, <laughs> genuinely reflecting, like, yeah, like, and you, I mean, you, you said it all. And the fact that you acknowledge that, I feel like, yeah, <laughs> that. That is a more valuable characteristic, <laughs> I would say, than anything else. Let me tell the you this. ability to pause and let me, tell you, let me tell you this. My goodness. What a beautiful so, example. Just the huge amount of relief and burden I lifted off of myself by just taking a moment to admit, yes, <laughs> this is a problem of mine. Because before you mentioned this, and I'm just... I'm trying to defend myself, right? Like, no, you don't understand. Like, I can do this. I can do that. Like, it's, un- it's, I have it under control. Like, you're just not letting me voice what it is the problem. And it's like, no, this, I need to work on this. And then it's just like, oh, man, so much weight lifted off my shoulders. Now admitting to myself, like, no, Victor, you need to do a better job in this scenario just taking control and just moving forward <laughs> oh my goodness it is a beautiful thing to witness dude like and i mean you you've been in present when i've sort of had that wall of like just resistance where the like we were on the phone right and my wall of resistance oh yeah I was in yeah yeah, yeah. we were trying to do the yeah. podcast yeah and my wall of resistance just like evaporated it's like the ability to just be like remove remove all ego, yes. remove all pride, yes. remove all like like defensiveness, yeah. right? Because the need to be right and just be like, let me listen. It's like, <laughs> wait just a second. There's there's actually something that I'm not that I wasn't hearing before that I can hear now. Yeah. It's like I'm not going to focus because this is the thing that I've sort of taken because I try to have those moments more often these days, right? Mm-hmm. Like in in the life that I'm living now. I feel like that's that's a virtue, and I've been surprised in those opportunities where I just stop and actually listen and I'm like, oh my god, I was like, I was wrong, and I'm in a conversation with the person as opposed to realizing afterwards, like, oh, maybe I wasn't right or anything. Yeah, like that. to be in mid conversation, like, while it's oh, happening, shit. yeah, like, <laughs> like how do I do this? And and to literally just drop your defenses and be like, you know what, you're right. you are totally right. Listen. I was not listening. I am I was surrendering right now. I'm surrendering. <laughs> I am surrendering. And the surrender is a beautiful thing because there's no more tension. There's no yeah. more disagreement. There's no more conflict. It's like it's all gone. And you're like, you know what? You've got a point. And the value of validating another person's concern is 
is beyond anything that you can like say or do for yeah. a person, right? Just to to say that they matter and that their opinion matters and that you heard them mm-hmm. and that they are something. Like they were able to change some, something, right? Right. There's that like there's that pleasure factor. Suddenly they're just like, oh my goodness, like this is a wonderful thing. And so they drop their defenses. There's no more tension, and everything is reconciled. Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy, man. It's like magic. It is magic. Especially like you said, when it's in the moment, it's just like, it's just like the flip of a switch. Everything just changes. All of a sudden, you see things through a a new lens. It really caught me off balance. I was like, wait a second. Like, because we were going back and forth. It was weird. We were going back and forth. And as we, I'm going to replay this and I'm going to try and listen. But like, you're pushing back. I'm pushing. Like we're pushing it. And then something happens where a sentence happens. And you're just suddenly like, what? You know what? Like, actually. And then you go on to this thing. And I'm, I'm just like, wait, what? Like, I'm, I'm totally at a loss for words. I'm like, what just happened? Wait. A miracle. It was a, it was a special moment. And it really was. A miracle wow. just happened. <laughs> oh, but, yep. Well, so, oh, I mean, while we're... Well, we're, uh, I guess, on the sort of topic of, like, admitting, you know, wrongs. Not necessarily wrongs, but, like, admitting mm-hmm. defects or whatever. When we were riding over, and this was actually interesting. I'm hoping this leads somewhere. If it doesn't, whatever. Okay. But the idea of, because we're recording this at what? It's almost 11 o'clock 1047 central time 1047 february 15th and victor just got off uh an eight hour shift no it was only for six hours six six and a half hours six and a half hour shift yeah not that bad but we're so we drive to get here on relatively abandoned roads right yes like it's still suburban areas there's still schools and park district buildings and you know routes and pretty empty though but it's it's relatively empty so you come to a lot of Stop signs, right? <laughs> that, are, that are totally abandoned. Right? Oh, no cars. I know where this is going. I to see. And so... And let me stop you right now, real quick. <laughs> when that van pulled in front of us, right away, I thought to myself, but I didn't admit it out loud, I was wrong. I was wrong. And again, Strange. I tried you to... got kind of defensive I in that moment. I defensive. I thought to myself... I thought... The first thing I thought was, wow, that car really came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. And no, it didn't. No, because I had to tell you. No, it didn't. But... So... So... When you come to... When you come to a stop sign in the middle of a... Even if it's... Let's go even more generous and say it's a rural area, right? Where you can see... In every direction, I roll that motherfucker. What? What is? So, what is? What is the standard for when you will actually come to a stop? When you see another car in the vicinity, <laughs> is that your criteria? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. When okay. when it's when it's a, one of those situations where you can, um, when it is like. When you're coming up on the stop sign and you're, say, 100 feet before the stop sign, it's, like, totally rural. You know what I'm saying? There's clearly not a car coming along. I'll roll that pretty hard. You know what I'm saying? I'll slow down a little bit. But even when there is (laughs) – here in town and everything, okay, I stop 
it's rare that I come to a complete stop unless there's another car. Now, it's interesting because you strike me as kind of a law and order type of person. Are you kidding me? A person to respect rules and yeah, laws. Right. Really? Depends. Depends? Yeah. I don't know. Okay, well, how do you feel? I don't know. I'm not going to get into the, like, the, the really like tax evasion. Like, no. How do you feel about tax stuff. evasion? <laughs> like, There's a funny line fooling? in the movie Waiting where Ryan Reynolds says something like, well, I wasn't exactly consulted when the laws were made. <laughs> yeah. But, um, well, that that ultimately is the challenge of living like in a democratic society, right? A liberal, a liberal democracy is that we're all we all have to abide by a certain standard of rules, and unfortunately, it may be inconvenient to but us. But think at of this: times, take away if you're in a scenario, the good. if you're in a scenario where there's no cars around, right? Visualize no stop signs. Visualize no stop lights. Does it make sense for you to come to a complete stop and turn or go straight if you can see the road that is perpendicular to you? Yeah, but rules and laws are made for a reason, right? Yes. So shouldn't they be obeyed? Yes. Really? You're going to cave that easy? They should, but they're not. (laughs) No, I want I want you to gosh, really? You're you're killing me, Smalls. I mean I I obey well, I was about to say I obey stoplights when they tell when they turn red. Yeah, right. But uh I do, with the exception of the right turn, I slow down and I'll make a right. Well, okay, so I mean look at it this way, right? I, I like to when looking at let's say, philosophical questions like this, right? Like, should you obey the laws if they're stupid, right? Like, I stand to, right? I know what you're saying, yeah. No, I don't, if I don't, if no, I... Well, that's like a, that's like a, as, as simple as it is, like, should you obey stupid laws, like, having to stop fully at a rural country stop sign where you can see for miles in every direction, and yet, there's a cop that's literally, like, lurking in the cornfields just waiting to jump out and, like, get you, right? Right. And it's like, there, you are in no way, there is a 0% chance you're going to do harm to anyone else, right? Right. And so, the rule itself isn't actually changing anything, you know, in that particular mm-hmm. situation. But it's an opportunity for sort of the state to come in and say, we are penalizing you for not actually ad- adhering to the letter of the law, right? And so spirit of the law versus letter of the law. Do you believe in the spirit of the law? So if you see two cars coming in the opposite direction on a rural road that are all, and all three of you are going to hit the, the thing at the same time, you all are going to slow down and stop, come to a complete stop and let each other go, right. right? Like that's the spirit of the law, right? That's why the yeah. stop sign exists is for when ca- the cars actually come together. Correct. The letter of the law says that even if you're there totally alone and there's no one else around, you still have to stop and follow, you know, stop and follow that exact procedure, even if there is no, like, additional thing. Whereas the spirit of the law would say, it's okay for you to roll through the stop because you are not in a circumstance that the law was designed to prevent, which was three cars coming to an intersection and trying to decide who's going to go first. That's what the, that's what the, spirit of the law was meant right. to try and facilitate. And instead, you know, the letter of the law says you have to come to a stop every single time. Whereas the spirit of the law was like, well, no, it was meant 
to control traffic right as a safety procedure when like when, when the stoplights cars converge like when you have stoplights at night they're just blinking yellow instead of being real stoplights exactly. yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah yeah where it's a, that like mutual agreement where there's not you know there's not a hard and fast rule as to and maybe that's something stop, that will exist in the next like 50 that. to 100 years that yeah. today is going to be so just so ass backwards because right now you think about it like we have this metal sign, this stationary sign that doesn't move, doesn't do anything. Who's to say that in 50 or 100 years you there will be technology that like will um, facilitate or uphold the law when it senses other vehicles around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I mean that, that – Yield signs. That's my jam. Yeah. Yield, yield signs. signs. Uh, that's what it's all about. Well, I mean, dude, for the longest time, and that was totally a, a random diatribe. It wasn't really meant to do anything, you know. Like it was more of a philosophical. Let's talk concept. about why this got brought up. When we were on the way over to the studio, there was a red light. I rolled through that <laughs> red light in order to make a right turn, and there was an oncoming car making a left turn that had probably that had that should have stopped. At their yellow light, but turned left. But turned left when it had turned red. No, they they went through the yellow light. It was not a red light until they were all but through their tail end. Maybe was in the intersection. I'm always were, right. Everyone else is oh, always. Yeah, right. I'm sorry, yeah, we, we covered this like ten minutes ago. You're totally right. All right, you know what? We'll drop it. <laughs> no, it it is interesting to think about though that you know. Because it extends it, – it, the reason why I bring that up is – And maybe that's why the letter of the law exists because people – they don't want people developing the habit of – Well, OK. So like the reason why I bring this up is that it extends beyond just like traffic, right? Or yes. like speeding, right? Everyone speeds, you know? But like in a wolf pack. I remember this from uh, from high school and driver's ed like wolf pack where it's like let's say the speed limit on the highway is 55 miles an hour. Everyone else is driving 75. Drive 75 because if you're driving 55 and everyone else is driving 75, you are now a danger to everyone else that's on the road. So, yeah, that's an instance of where, like, it is it is safer to break the, the letter of the law in order to abide by the spirit of the law, which is everyone be safe on the road. Like, that is the spirit of the law. And the letter of the law says you can't go any faster than 65 miles an hour, even if everyone else is going 75. The letter of the law says that. Right, but by abiding by the letter of the law, you are putting more people in danger. Yes. Than abiding by the spirit of the law, which says go with the flow of traffic. Yes. Right. Don't be stupid, and just make it flow. Correct. That is the ultimate goal of infrastructure and, and traffic. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, and it extends beyond that too. When you go into, it extend it extends beyond. Now I just have traffic in my head, but. Like jaywalking or something like that, right? Or um, downloading downloading music from YouTube as an MP3 file, right? Do you do that? Of course. <laughs> See? Absolutely. So, so, right, like piracy is bad. Like, you know, advertising alert. Piracy is bad. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things where, I mean, it's, it's not to say that because everyone does it, it's fine. But I think that the... There is, there is that tension 
that you have to reconcile because you'll have people who, let me tell you, coming back from Florida, hanging out with my grandmother, she is a, she is a letter of the law type of individual, right? Like you've, you know, you follow all the rules, you get along with everyone else, you treat everyone else courteously, like, but you live within the set rules, which means you don't speed, you don't do it, you know, like you don't, you don't jaywalk, you don't do any of these, other, you don't litter, you don't, you know, you, you pick up. After yourself, like every little aspect I get of, the that. of the law, like obviously, like, like you fit within that that confine. Versus, yeah. Here's what I okay. I have a problem with that, and not with the traffic, with the littering, the jail. I mean, those are safety for safety, and obviously, of course, the littering. What about the anyone music? who litters is, is an asshole, music. right? Well, here's what I'm getting at. Yes, okay. It's that if you accept the law. Just I'm just this is a very vague blanketed statement, and you accept your position to live under the tutelage of another person or entity, you are just conforming and allowing yourself to just be this this mechanical pawn in society without any desire to think or live outside of the established parameters that was a deeply philosophical you know what i'm saying concept that you just laid out steve jobs said something very similar like i'm i'm actually very impressed with the parameters in which you define what i'm saying though argument yeah because you should never because okay again with the laws like traffic and stealing like i get that but the whole you must live inside of these walls oh he actually said you must live inside i think these walls and you know don't rock the boat too much or something like that like no like fucking rock the boat like scream at the top of your lungs be different make your own path like don't just be another moving part in this greater whole that's just this machine that uses you how it wishes right great like like in our in our great liberal liberal democracy there are cons- there are producers and there are consumers. Yes. Like, what do you want to be, right? Do you want to be a producer or do you want to be a consumer? If you're going to be a consumer, like most Americans are, you're going to be on the losing end of things. Yes. And so if you want to be a producer, like, not only do you have to understand the rules of the game, but you also have to be willing to, like, innovate and, like, press the boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. And go outside the boundaries. And those gray areas, you have to be willing to, like test those gray areas, right? As opposed to those people who sort of confine themselves to the letter of the law, sort of, Yeah, you know. They may live a morally just life, and I have nothing against that, but it will be a very boring life. They're not living any life at all. No, I don't want to say that. I Like, I really don't think that people who adhere to rules their whole life I'm not saying are rule. missing out on anything necessarily. Like, I really... I think that those sort of people can have just as fulfilling of a life as those people who like test the waters of the gray areas of our moral. It depends on what you. It depends on what makes you happy. If you like do the same old thing every day, some people find great contentment and great joy. And let me tell you, living a life like following the rules and like it's not even a problem for you to be able to adhere to all the rules all the time. Like God bless you. Yeah. If, if that is yeah. if that is who you are as a that person, is very you true. are a rare type of individual who needs to be like lifted up in society yeah. because 
let me tell you, like, those are the type of people who are most respected, who are most accountable, who are most reliable, who are, who have the most Dude, fulfilling it's, sort it's of, It's really like, funny that you mentioned that because I was thinking, uh, uh, about that, I was thinking about something similar to that, um, the last couple days. Um, so for example, like, when there is, when there's change on the ground, like, say at the, at the store, like, you know, a quarter, dime, penny, whatever, if it's just on the floor, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'll pick it up, I throw it in my pocket. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Um, or if there is someone, uh, or like a, a, a box of food or crackers or something, like, falls over and it gets ripped open or something like that, like me and this other person, like, we'll munch on it a little bit before throwing it away, the portion that hasn't been spilled on the floor. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But there are some... Uh, Righteous, there's there's a couple of righteous individuals at at the workplace that they see a penny on the ground, they pick it up and they put it on the on the register, or you know food that's been spilled or for whatever reason um, it just can't be sold or whatever the case is. Like nope, I'm th- I'm throwing it away or I'm putting it in its place. And I mm-hmm. think to myself, you know, God bless you for having the discipline to just do what. Most would perceive to be the right thing. To have, God bless you for being disciplined and having boundaries. Because the other day, I'm not too proud of it. This is my justification for it. I'm going to lay it all out for you. So at work, uh, what we have are stop sales, which means you know there might be something on the floor that we can't sell temporarily. Either um, they think that they they misprinted the expiration dates or they accidentally or whatever the case is or you know maybe some company a similar product was defective there's metal pieces or something weird like that you know what i'm saying okay so they'll pull a product so there was chocolate that got pulled and you put a sticker on it and in the break room it's been it's been sitting there for like six weeks and since then it's been able to go back on the shelf but the um wait it was there six weeks and no, then no, 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 no listen 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 so what you do is you pull the product one pro- one unit yeah. and you put it in the break room so that and you put a sticker on it a stop sale sticker so that people employees can see this product is not on the floor right now in case people ask about it oh, then you take the you take the actual okay. boxes yeah. and you put them in the back room and you put caution tape over it and either a they get thrown away or b they can get put back on the shelf why why one or the other why would they get thrown away or get sold to people because they might conclude corporate or wherever like oh these are bad actually like they're just pulling oh, temporarily to do okay. research so, like, oh we can't sell these or oh false alarm like we did our research you can actually put it back so on like the shelf. potential recall products yes like they, exactly they're, they're testing it to see if a particular exactly is. exactly Does that happen a lot yeah it happens more times than oh my god think. really or they just pull it because another grocery store did it or something weird like that a similar product so it's fucking so weird. it's not uncommon no it happens like every so oh often. My. But mo- nine times out of ten, it just goes back on the shelf. But um, anyway, yeah. Since going back on the shelf, these the individual units of chocolate are still in the break room, right? And there's nothing wrong with them. They went back on the shelf. The bo- other boxes didn't. They're sitting there for weeks. And I was like, "Fucking enough is enough." I'm ripping one of these open, eating some of these motherfuckers. <laughs> so I eat some of it, and this other girl that I work with eats some. This other girl, we pal around like when shit um is ripped open or something like we nibble on it a little bit and then we throw it out but um the uh this is potentially bad 
Yeah, stuff. this is bad. Okay. Yeah. Right. You should not be doing this. Okay. But I don't give a fuck because I'm going to do it anyway. But – and then what happened was there were two different types, right? There was the one with almonds, one without almonds. And then the one without almonds hadn't been opened up, opened up yet. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to take this because otherwise it gets thrown away. It either gets thrown away. It's perfectly fine. <laughs> right? Right. Quote, unquote, perfectly it fine. It is perfectly fine. Yeah, sure it is. It is perfectly How fine. How do you know it's perfectly fine? Because it went back out on the shelf. It oh. went back. The, Wait. So, oh so they, they pull it. They put it back on the shelf and then they pull it again. No. This is what I'm saying. Yes. When this ha- when this notification gone through the first time. Yes. You, they take one unit from the box. Yes. Or two if it's two different flavors. Yes. And they put them in the break room. Correct. With a sticker so that people know this has been pulled. Yes. The boxes on the shelf yes. then get put to another place. Correct. What happened was it turned out, oh, guys, nothing's wrong with this. So they put the boxes back on the shelf, but the two units, as an example, were still in the break room. Oh, it was just the two units. Yes. That was – okay. All right. Yes. Okay. Yes. And so I just straight up took it, and I thought to myself, should I or should I not? I was like, no, I'm going to do it because it's just going to get thrown away. And I got home, and I ate like half of it. And I was like, uh, you know what? Maybe I can um, redeem myself by throwing away the other half. And I shouldn't have done it. I said, fuck it. This is some good chocolate. <laughs> so I ate it anyway. And I was thinking to myself, you know what? I would be a better person in my eyes if I had the discipline to not have done that or to not do that in the future. Because discipline, self-discipline is probably the most difficult but most righteous thing someone can do yes. for themselves yeah because you're not giving yeah. in to just whatever it is that you want without any authority you are saying no even though you want this thing or don't want to do this thing you're telling yourself no and because you are establishing a boundary a self-imposed boundary it makes you a little bit stronger yes and i feel like that is the highest value that one can possibly get to, and it makes me so sad because I am nowhere near that value at all. Uh, I mean, really, it's okay. It is. It is a hard everything thing in due time. To have self discipline. I feel like you you are near that summit of enlightenment when it comes to self discipline. How do, how do you feel about your ability to self regulate? Well, it depends on on what it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, yeah. I was able. Some days I just don't want to go to the gym. I make an excuse because I don't want to go. Today I went because I like. I my body was like, go to the gym, go to the gym, go to the gym. So I like had to go. I don't know. It just depends. But once you make up your mind and decide to do something and set your mind to it, it's done. Right? See, the problem is the millisecond it takes to stop and think. You just need to know. Like I'm getting out of bed. At this time. And when you wake up, you get out of bed. I'm not taking this chocolate. I'm not doing it. But when you stop and think, then it's pretty much over. Mm -hmm. You know? But I feel like in the moment, you're the kind of person who can make those in-the-moment decisions of, like, self-restraint. Like, I am not going to have this chocolate. Like, if you you just decide, I'm not going to have it. Uh, No. I can... Well, actually... Today, I thought about drinking a root beer that was in the fridge because when the root beer, when, like, the cans of soda fucking fall out of the thing or something, they just throw it in the the refrigerator for anyone to have. I thought about drinking a soda. I I said, no, because I've been on a good health binge lately, 
I've been eating a lot of salads. I've been doing some running. I've been drinking a lot of water. And I'm looking at this root beer, and I want some, but I'm not going to drink it. Mm-hmm. And other times, I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to drink one. So, yeah. But you you are able to instill those moments of Yes. I restraint. am able to have moments of restraint. It's not like I just consume, consume, consume. And I mean, I, um, you know, I think primarily to that period when you ended up um, – just not having any alcohol for six months. Oh, yeah. Right? That's like, that was just something you decided at some point in time that you were going to do. You set your mind to it. Yeah. And then once the date hit, it was yep. like your decision was made up. Like, yeah. it was not an option for you anymore, right? Correct. That is the ultimate value, I feel like, of, of self-restraint. Yeah, I agree. Because most uh, – you think about everyone who makes New Year's resolutions or, uh, you know, uh, a Lent – promises for Lent or mm-hmm. whatever – um, no one ever follows through to the very end. And even pastors always make jokes in their sermons about, like, yeah, oh, like three of us are left in the room who have lent commitments. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like, wow, what a sad state of affairs. Yeah. that, And I am I am guilty of that as well. Like, I'm probably one of the most guilty people of not being able to... to How awesome would it be if in school, instead of the same old shit that you learn all the time, not saying that it's not valuable, but how awesome would it be, like, to teach children at a young age, like, this is how you set goals. This is how you... You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're just like, what does that look? That means you don't care that you're... No, 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 I mean, that... There was not a dismissive look. That That was one of those looks of, like, that is my bread and butter of... Education reform is probably one of the, like, fundamental premises that I have for, like, what is wrong with this country. Also, I think... Where has this country failed? I believe in... I want to say Japan. I don't know if it's, like, a nationwide thing or, like, there are some schools that do this and others that don't. Like, time is dedicated for the students, for small children, to clean the school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like, education in America, you can't get... I mean, you you can obviously get worse, but like in some areas in the country, you can't get much worse than third world conditions. Like there are some classrooms in this country that are using textbooks that are from the 1990s, like history and science textbooks from the 90s. And so these students are are uh, going to school in in uh, classrooms with leaking ceilings, with no air conditioning in the summer, and they mm-hmm. live in the south, or no heating, and they live in the north, like. It is, and and uh, on top of that, for the longest time too, and this is like one of my, I'm not going to go on uh, this rant, but it comes down to the fact that like for the longest time, we've been trying to teach facts and statistics to kids in an era where facts and statistics are accessible on demand, right? Our phones give us every single fact and, fact and statistic we could possibly want to know, right? Think of how many tests you could have aced if you could have your iPhone next to you right? right like that's that's the real world your iphone is the real world it's what adults use to access whatever question they want to have answered they use their smartphone they use the internet to be able to a- answer that and so the education system has been focused on teaching us what is provided in this little black box that every single one of us has you know, if not this, a laptop, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone has a PC or everyone has a smart, like a phone. Everyone has access to the internet. Mm-hmm. If not personal, then there is public access. Yeah. So instead of trying to drill facts in, like when did the Revolutionary War happen? When did, you know, the the uh, 
you know, Spanish conquistadors yeah. conquer the Aztecs or whatever. Like, I don't, I don't fucking know. <laughs> like, that's what Wikipedia is for. Yeah. But like, we have been so insistent on spending so many years of our early education of trying to drill in these dates and drill in these names and drill in these locations. And like, yeah, that's all well and good. But do you remember any of it? No. Do I? Absolutely not. But what I have found to be most valuable in education is not learning facts and statistics, but learning concepts, learning how to, like, sort out what facts mean, right? Like, the reason why fake news is a thing right now is because our education system hasn't taught people how to differentiate fake news from real news. And so now you have Donald Trump saying fake news and you have 30% of the country believing him because our education system has failed to be able to teach people how to differentiate fake from real and realize Donald Trump's a fucking liar. Yeah. Like, there, I mean, we've come to a point right now where you have a significant portion of the country that is willing to live in an alternative reality because the education system has, has not provided them with the tools to be able to, like, live in a shared world, in a shared universe, in a common reality instead they have their own sort of like uh what what they ha- what they have are pe- are are sort of people who like put the facts together for them right but they're selective facts and they're not the full story but they fit a particular narrative and so they're able to convince people of one thing or another with very specific facts and because our education system has said you need to trust facts they hear facts from these crazy fucking people and yeah. they believe them because they've been told by our education system, facts are important. You must believe facts. And so you have these sort of conspiracy theorist type individuals who are like, here's a fact, there's a fact, here's a fact, here's a fact, ignoring 99.9% of the other facts and data. Like climate science, right? Like there, there is a, an NBA player who thinks the, the earth is flat. Uh, Kyrie Irving or something like that. Who, who genuinely, honestly believes that the earth is flat and – says that his evidence is based off of that point zero 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 the one crazy scientist or whatever mm-hmm. who says that the earth can't possibly be round and everything is a fiction, right? Like they hold equal weight for him. Right. So, yeah, I remember you saying something like so that. So our education system in theory should have, instead of like telling us that facts are important, is to say the value of the fact is important, right? The proportion of the fact is important. When you're looking at 99.99 to .001, you cannot say that equals 50-50. Right. Like, we don't know how to do that. We we look at 99.99 and .001, and we say, those hold equal weight. Right. Because we don't know how to do any better, right? Like, we can't. We were never taught how to do it ourselves. I don't recall. Were we? Because... I was going to say the greatest thing that I took away from going to school, and it's this also has to do with just the way that I operate, has been through English and history and writing, reading and writing has been my strength, you know, as opposed to like chemistry and fucking math and more of the that, social you know what sciences, I'm saying? Yeah, yes. exactly. Most of the, most, more of the social sciences. And in doing like writing these papers, especially in college, and everything where I would try and write the most professional paper as I could and I would put like a – put the number one or two next to a sentence and then have the bibliography at the very bottom – or have the note at the very bottom and then the bibliography at the very end. So like I'm pulling 
I'm pulling information from like various books or resources, so to speak. And I know in Glen Ellen, we have a very superior education system. But my question to you is, because also there are, there are people that are naturally um, inclined like yourself to differentiate between those things. And then I think there's people who have been taught how to do that like myself but my question to you is do you think those what you're explaining does that exist predominantly in education education systems that are super shitty or do you also believe there are people individuals who are a part of superior education systems that for whatever reason they just they just choose not to utilize the resource or how they've been taught or if they're just a dumbass in a really good school system. You know what I'm saying? Does that make sense? Yeah. And I mean, a lot of it has to do with like the education system in America is a massive mechanism, right? It is one of the biggest wheels of government that we have out there. National education system, right? Like we all need to know certain things and that those are the education standards set forth by the federal government. Unfortunately, like, the federal government is not a fast-moving, yeah. you know, cheetah. It's more like a... It's the uh, it's, turtle on the, on the like speed a, of the lawnmower. A it's the turtle. It's been speared a couple of times <laughs> yeah. like, in the gut. And so it lumbers along, and it, tries to make, and it tries to adjust and make the changes. But, like, when you have really good people and admirable people trying to do a really good job in a, in a overall education system that is set up to make people fail, right? Like, resources are always drained from where they're needed the most. And so you have these really heroic figures who are in the, you know, in the inner city, who are in these failing school districts and trying to teach valuable life skills to individuals, but there's no incentive and no, like, hope for an incentive mm-hmm. for them to continue, like, pouring all this time and energy when they're they're being recruited by private institutions, by suburban institutions, like they are like good teachers are valued commodities. Mm-hmm. And where do valued commodities go where they can get paid the most? Like it's basic economics. And so if you have a good teacher in an inner city school district, they're either going to get burned out because they don't have the resources to maintain the energy that they need in that system, or they're going to get bought out somewhere else and end up leaving. And so you're left with subpar, you know, right. academic folks. It's really, it's, it's a self-fulfilling, like, devastation that we experience on a national basis. We are such an uneducated society. Like, what is it? 70% of Americans, something around 70% of Americans have not read a book in the past year. I think the literacy rate is, like, 6th grade or 7th grade. Yeah. The national. Uh, yeah, it's 6th or 7th. Yeah. Because yeah. Obama spoke at an 8th grade level. I think Trump speaks at a fourth grade level, <laughs> third or fourth grade level. Wow! And it really, but you see the you see us sort of just declining on the global scale. All these other countries around the world are getting smarter. Like all of them are becoming more better critical thinkers, right? All these other countries, you see Russia interfering with the elections of all these other countries. You have those that have a better education system in that critical thinking aspect. Germans, for example, they have shut the. F- they have shut that door on the Russians, right? They have, they, I mean, they're still getting, they're still getting hacked by the Russians just because of proximity. But like, they have done a 
far superior job to the United States in implementing anti-espionage uh, uh, efforts towards their election system. And a lot yeah. of that just has to do with, like, the base education of people, right? Yeah, it is interesting to think. Fucking more. <laughs> it is crazy to think, though, too, how huge, how how huge our country is compared to like Europe. And that will always be the challenge to you because we're in a country of 350 million people, and in a country that large, I mean, you're gonna have the most diverse array of crazy to normal individuals that you could possibly imagine. Because, I mean, just look at people who live in, like, rural Alaska to down in, I don't know, like, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, New York. Or, Alabama. Or Alabama. Or Cali. Or Cali. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know. You love that I say Cali. We didn't even get to the gun debate. Wow. Yeah. yeah. No, it's... Uh, we we far exceeded yeah, any, any we time, need to, time range. We need to end this because I need to wake up tomorrow morning. It's almost eleven thirty. So, so you got to be up in a couple hours. No, not in a couple hours. But I have to be somewhere. You got to be up for, a, up for a new day and a new stream. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. So we're gonna have to conclude this one. All right. Until next time. Slides awkwardly away.